What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Nick Cage Fight Podcast, where we are very rapidly becoming a one-stop shop for plot synopsis and movie reviews for everything having to do with nick cage even mildly adjacently sometimes if you're one of our patreon subscribers i'm one of your hosts josh joined as always uh by rich and ryan how are we today i'm I sound turner overdrive <laughs> <laughs> oh, you you were waiting for that. You had that one queued up. I love it. Damn it, I, I did another one too, which is uh Ooey I sound just like Buddy Holly. Ooh, that is a good one. That is a very good one. We are here today to talk about Peggy Sue Got Married, a 1986 film uh, rated PG-13 uh, with a runtime of one hour and 43 minutes, which I'm not particularly mad about. Uh, I know we like to keep it to a tight 90 here, but despite this film not being particularly up my alley, it didn't feel bloated really at all. So there you go. What do you think, guys? Jump right into housekeeping. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, that sounds Let's start good. fleshing it out, right? So for the director uh, is uh, kind of obscure, but Francis Ford Coppola uh, directed Wait, this who, film. Wait, who is that? I know, right? Well... Maybe you've heard of some of his other work, including Apocalypse Now, no. uh, minor film trilogy, uh, the Godfather films. Uh, I had to look that up. No, uh, I mean, I've 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 heard of there's a movie starring Rodney Dangerfield called The Godson. Is it anything like that? <laughs> sort of a little bit, a little bit. It's okay. kind of derivative, actually. But also one I know you will be familiar with is uh, Rumblefish. And of course, it's uh, predecessor. Uh, at least storyline wise, I'm not as familiar with this universe as you are, uh, Rich. Uh, the Outsiders. Oh, it's that guy. It's it's yep. it's a Rumblefish guy. It's the Mickey Rourke guy. It's we yeah. will we will work you. <laughs> we will work you. So that's our director. If you're not familiar with him, I, I think you're listening to the right podcast. <laughs> I, I think I, I did say that I would only mention a couple things on, on housekeeping, but I do have to shout out the conversation. This movie from 1974 because. Everyone needs to see the conversation. That movie is tremendous. I actually had that on my list, too. I was going to get to that as well, but it turned into a little bit of a bit on us. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no, absolutely. The conversation. Check it out. If Ryan endorses it and he doesn't do so with a wink and a nod, it means it's an actually good film. It is legitimately excellent. You got to watch it with a good sound system, though, because it is all dialogue. Nice. I'll have to, I'll have to give that a shot. Not that I have a good sound system, but I'll just turn everything up really Yeah, just loud. crank it up. Yeah. <laughs> so for writers, this is kind of interesting. The writers on this, there's two of them, and they both have kind of limited and slightly overlapping CVs. So I'm not overly familiar with these individuals, but let's uh, let's call them out. So first we have Jerry Litching, Litchling? Litchling, who wrote uh, Blue Sky, Switched at Birth, and the Earth Day special, none of which I'm personally familiar with. Why yeah. does I feel like the Earth Day special is something I know about and might be horrible. So I'm going to do a little digging real quick. Go for it, because next up we have uh, Arlene Sarner, who wrote uh, Julie Walking Home, Switched at Birth, Blue Sky, the Earth Day special, and uh, Ricky Nelson, uh, original Teen Idol. 
Okay, I know why Earth Day special rung a bell. It's uh, Jim Henson's last performance as Kermit the Frog. Oh, okay. I think there's another Muppet overlap in. And there's another like children's television overlap. It's the uh, oh, for this specifically, it was the first use of a voice actor for Bugs Bunny that wasn't Mel Blanc. Ah, and actually, I did include the other Muppets overlap. And Ryan, you'll appreciate it when we get to it. I mean, I always appreciate a Muppetry. There you go. Moving on to the cast, the man of the hour uh, for every hour of uh, this podcast, Nick Cage as Charlie Bodell. Crazy Charlie Bodell. Crazy <laughs> Charlie Bodell. Next up, we have Kathleen Turner as Peggy Sue, the titular Peggy Sue, uh, who's known for a number of things. I'm going to end with the one that is probably going to resonate the most with our listeners. Uh, but she was in uh, Romancing the Stone, uh, Body Heat, The War of the Roses, and voiced jessica rabbit from who framed roger rabbit body heat whips ass also serial mom the john wooders film where she plays a serial killer mom great great stuff there you <laughs> go <laughs> next up we have uh barry miller as uh, richard norvick who is in fame the last temptation of christ and saturday night fever just to name a few he was in all of the Saturday Night Fevers. I looked him up. He was in all of the spinoffs. Oh, he stuck with it? <laughs> yeah, I think it was also in the Bel- Biloxi yeah. Blues, which is a pretty good, uh, not not like a World War II movie, but like a boot camp movie. That sounds very familiar. I think maybe hmm. Matthew Broderick was in it. I'd have to look it up. Okay. Next up, we have uh, Catherine Hicks as Carol Heath, who was in, and I'm just going to name the things that I personally know her from, just because she's such a recognizable face. Despite not being in as many things as I thought she would be, uh, but she was in the original Child's Play. She played the mom. She was in Seventh Heaven. She played the mom. And she was in Star Trek Four. I don't recall what role she had, but I'm pretty sure she played the mom. I need uh, to rewatch Seventh Heaven. It's the funniest show. It's <laughs> the funniest don't. show. <laughs> there's, there's, there's some account on TikTok that is running through uh, the Seventh Heaven episodes and calling out some bangers I remember. As a kid who grew up in a religious household and it was one of the sitcoms that was like on the uh, can playlist and definitely mentioned the one that stood out hardcore in my mind, which was when they found a joint in the house and like everybody lost their fucking mind. <laughs> um, uh, next, that's why I need next, to rewatch it. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'd watch that with you. In fact, actually, you know what we should do? We should pick out a greatest hits list of the Seventh Heaven episodes to watch and do a Patreon episode of those before we get to uh, <laughs> the rest left behind. Oh, okay, Ooh. that's even better. Okay, I was gonna say I'll just spend the entire time making a low, hurt, groaning sound like a dog stuck under a truck, but no, I might no. actually be engaged for that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I don't, I don't want to to force any of us to suicidal ideation. That's why I'm saying we pick out some of the most absurd ones and Patreon episode a lead into left behind because it comes from the same sphere of evangelical crazy. Uh, and I know most of us have some history with that. So, and Ryan, we, we survived how I met your mother, which is, yeah. which is, that was the second time I watched that shit too. My I'm, God. I'm going to say it is the worst sitcom to have more than three seasons I've ever seen. I've yeah. never watched. No, Friends is worse. Friends is so much worse. But okay, it's bad. But like, Friends isn't friend. Oh my god, Friends isn't Friends. as Friends. <laughs> uh, Friends is not as openly like homophobic, transphobic, oh, and racist. Oh really? Uh, when was the last time you were stuck in a room watching Friends? Because it is so homophobic. Oh god, it's really been a while. I have it's I blocked so things out. Homophobic. There's like a an entire subplot about um one of their sisters is a lesbian and it's like made into the biggest most awkward thing. Wait, wasn't one of the guys that worked at the cafe that they were always loitering in gay or I not? don't know or maybe I never watched Friends. I give Friends a retroactive semi pass in my head just because I know it was one of the inspirations for Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Which is yeah, but uh, Always Sunny was like subverting the totality of Friends. It's correct. Almost, it's like the polar opposite of Friends. But but without Friends, you don't get Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Which when I yeah. read that, I was surprised because I always thought the uh, true inspiration for Always Sunny was fucking Seinfeld. But apparently that's not true. Anyway, go figure. 
So um, next up, we have, in my opinion, the most surprising entry on this particular cast list because it's a uh, Jim Carrey as he Walter. Do much. He makes a couple funny faces, but that's it. He does a no. Funny you can actually. Thing. I'm sorry. As 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 a as a consequence of when I grew up, I'm a Jim Carrey fan. It's yeah, just, yeah. No, I I mean, like in this movie, he doesn't do much. No, but you you see the early development of shit that he built an entire fucking career on. It's yeah. like seeing the foundation of the World Trade Center buildings or something, and then seeing them finished. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's. It's kind of crazy because the little bits that he is in this film is a hundred percent the shtick that he perfected to make a very successful career for himself. Was this he before plays... or after that vampire movie he did in the eighties? Uh, let's find out. Let's yeah, find out. While oh, while you look at that, I'm going to talk about some greatest hits. So uh, Jim Carrey plays uh, Walter Getz. You'll know him from the Ace Ventura films, uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, The Mask. Bruce Almighty, more recently the Sonic the Hedgehog films, an actually good film, The Bad Batch. Wait, is that even the one I'm thinking of? I have to double check. I think it is. And uh, I just had to throw it in here. The number 23. (laughs) That movie is hilariously bad. Uh, Also, the vampire movie was actually the movie he made right before this. Oh, yeah, there it is. Once Bitten. I remember liking that one. Oh, you forgot to mention In Living Color, which whips ass. Oh, In Living Color does whip ass. Um, and The Bad Batch is the good film I'm I'm talking about. Okay. This weird, futuristic, cyber noir dystopia. It's hard to describe, but I would recommend watching The Bad Batch. It's a good fucking flick. Uh, he was also in The Deadpool, which I forgot about. The, what was that? You mean the... like The Clint Eastwood movie. The Dirty Harry movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's the last Dirty Harry movie. That movie's yes. great. I didn't know he was in that. Yeah. I forgot he was in that. I forgot too until I just saw it. I'm like, he was in the Deadpool? Huh. Interesting. He's Johnny Squares. <laughs> Might have to rewatch that. I've been planning on a uh, Dirty Harry rewatch for a little while now. Oh, this Bad Batch movie does look weird. It's 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 very weird, but entertaining. I do recommend it. Next up, we have Kevin J. O'Connor as Michael Fitzsimmons. And this one's kind of crazy to me, uh, but you might recognize him from the uh, the Brendan Fraser mummy movie, Deep Rising, Van Helsing, which I forgot he was in Van Helsing. Yeah, he's uh, a pretty good Igor. He did. Oh, he did I do like a pretty decent job there. He was also in The Master and Steel Magnolias. But the funniest thing for me is 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 this guy will always be the character from his role in The Mummy because he's such... <laughs> such an iconic character in that film he's also pretty good in there will be blood he plays uh daniel day lewis right. is the guy who tries to con him into thinking he's his brother that's right but yeah i don't know the the, the mummy got its hooks in me early and he plays the like a fucking like dreamy teen heartthrob in this film which is just hard for, <laughs> for me to get to that to that point to accept that uh, luckily, his character is fucking weird enough that it kind of plays. Uh, next up, we have a uh, Lucinda Jenny as Rosalie Testa, who is in Practical Magic, Rain Man, uh, another Nick Cage joint, leaving leaving Las Vegas. Yeah, leaving yeah. Las Vegas. Yes, uh, Thinner and Three from Hell, which is oh a shit, I love Thinner. Thinner's so good. Thinner is a good one, uh, but Three from Hell I had to throw in uh, to tie back to our last episode with uh, the guy who plays Otis. So mostly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then next up, we have Helen Hunt uh, returning uh, star of the podcast as Beth Bodell, uh, who is in As Good As It Gets, uh, Twister, Cast. No, none Away. of these matter. She was in Transfers 1, 2, 3 and Transfers City of Lost Angels. That's the only thing she's ever been in other than this. <laughs> oh, oh, so you're not interested in hearing that she was in The Muppets. She drives me crazy. Was that a music video? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Cool. It's it was on her CV and I had I, every time I'm sorry, I'm a simple man. Every time I see the Muppets, that is I will mention video. it in housekeeping. Yeah, no, that is fair. I okay, she was in that as well, but she was mostly just in the Transfers movies, which rule. <laughs> and of course and are better time travel movies than this. <laughs> oh, and you're absolutely right. It is a hundred percent a music video. <laughs> 
<laughs> he called that very quick. Also, she was in Kiss of Death. Shout out to yes. an old episode yeah, he yeah. did. Uh, and then the last entry I put on here, I know there will be some shouting after this, but I put Don Stark as Doug Snell, who was in Star Trek First Content or Contact. Star Trek First Contact. Fucking enunciation is escaping me today. Cafe Society, and then probably most notably from that 70s show. Oh, also John Carter. I don't know why I threw that at the end. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a bad Conan in space. It's not that cool. <laughs> He's also right. a Confederate soldier, so fuck John Carter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, commence the yelling, because I know All I right, left some I've... people off. Kathleen Turner's sister, when she goes back in time, is played by Sophia Coppola, daughter of the director, mm -hmm. also a director in her own right. I'm not going to shout out any of her other acting credits because they're mostly bad, but I will shout out two movies that she directed that I love to death. Uh, Lost in Translation, which is a weird outsider's look at Tokyo, and The Virgin Suicides, which is just sad and weird. Lost in Translation is 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 mainstream. And oh, what yeah. was the... What was the yeah, that was a Bill Murray movie? movie. Virgin Suicides. Yeah, no, oh, both yeah, of those yeah. movies are great. Both of, both of those movies are great. <laughs> uh, she also a directed a very stuff. Murray Christmas, which I watched and very much enjoyed. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, that, I didn't know she directed that. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, that's very interesting. Oh, she also uh, directed the, uh, uh, what's her name? Kirsten Dunst, uh, Marie Antoinette. Yeah. The, the one that doesn't end with her getting her head chopped off. And I was so disappointed. Weak. So weak. Uh, Don't make yeah, a no, Marie Antoinette I, movie if you're not going to actually do the climax. Yeah, no, I give her I give her full props as a director. I did not like when she's inserted into films personally. And and this one's no different. Her her dialogue just comes Especially out. Especially not Godfather films. I mean, just, she was fine in the first Godfather because she was a baby. She was a baby. <laughs> <laughs> that baby is a damn fine actor. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm uh, couldn't couldn't get past it. The line, the lines, just I, I honestly, I feel like weirdly, like they they punched up her dialogue in those things, and it just didn't come across properly. They should have just let her play the age of the character that she's cast as. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It just it. it all of them ended up seeming off to me, but neither here nor there. Well, but actually, her her fir, her not first her best acting role was in uh, what we do in the shadows because she dies immediately. Oh, is she part of like the vampire council or some shit? No, she. If you haven't watched this latest season, uh, spoilers. Nah, but also, to it. also this current season was uh, how do I say this lightly? Bad. It was really bad. What's her name? I always forget. She her name. plays herself in it. Yeah, so the <laughs> the the fucking chick vampire opens up a vampire nightclub and celebrities start going. Um, and then they kill the celebrities. It's like kind of a running gag. Menace? Yeah, she's got a like, single bit part in fucking Phantom Menace. Jesus Christ. I mean, that's a bad movie, so I don't remember anything about it other than fucking trade tariffs. Huh. And they chop that red dude in half at the end. They do. But then he comes back as a spider, so... He does come back as a spider <laughs> in a much better piece of media because it's a cartoon. Yeah, no, when you first said it, I was like, was she in the, the movie? I haven't watched much of the show, What We Do in the Shadows. I fucking love the movie. Oh, the first two seasons uh, are very good, and the yeah, third agreed. season... Ha the third season's good as well, and there is a Atlantic City episode. Ooh, uh, I will have to check that out. I, I like the other spinoff from that IP a little bit better. Wellington Paranormal. I've heard is, that's very good as well. It's I haven't gotten around to that one, but funny. I did hear it's decent. It's very funny. I, I recommend. All right. So let's jump into the plot. Are you guys cool with that? Yep. So we up open up. Our, our opening shot is on. Actually, hang on, Josh. This is what we're going to do. 
I think that we have to actually play it so that the people can get the audio because it's fucking bonkers. And then we'll describe what we're seeing. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cause I, I just remember seeing this and was just like, what in the fuck? <laughs> yeah, Charlie, my fortune cookies. Good right. Thanks. What? Next week, we'll be selling Sanya remote control VCRs for $299. Look, it's Dad. Oh, no. I'll go broke. <laughs> so I hope you like that <laughs> accent because you're going to be getting a lot of it. Holy shit. I missed it. Fucking VCRs? Remote controlled VCRs were $300 fucking dollars? Yeah. Yeah, man. This is before, like, uh, fucking widespread video rental places were a thing. Like, there wasn't really a Blockbuster or any chains. It was more uh, specialized in mom and pop shops. In in 1980s dollars? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Oh, you don't want to see the pricing on Laserdisc setups back from back then. It oh, that will, was them Reagan bucks. It'll crack your <laughs> mind like a fragile eggshell. Jesus. Ugh. Weren't Nintendos in 1984 like a buck, like $199? Shit, I got to look that up. I thought it was something stupid like 800 no, I know it wasn't 800 because one of the things was they wanted to make sure it was affordable for the consumer. But I still remember it being like it was $200 in fucking 1983 money. 89.99. Awesome. God oh, damn. Damn, I thought it was way more expensive than that. Huh. Holy shit. Well, now I can be retroactively mad at my parents that I never got that for Christmas despite asking repeatedly. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, god damn, the fucking $300 for a VCR? Out of your mind. Yeah. yeah. See, I lucked out. I had a gamer stepdad. He just had all the systems when he moved in the house, which ruled. Yeah. No, I had, I had to play at my cousin's house, you know what I mean? I didn't get I didn't get a current gaming console until the original PlayStation came out. Although my, one of my other cousins gifted me a fucking Super NES and a Sega Master System of oh, all yeah. consoles. Played a lot of Alex Kidd, did you? I played a lot of shit on there. It the the Sega Master System was one of those gaming systems where like the game cartridges and art looked super cool and that just you were not experiencing any of that when you yeah. when you popped it in and fired it up. I had a Ghostbusters game that I couldn't make heads or tails of. I mean, in in fairness, this the Nintendo Ghostbusters game was also very bad. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but right after what you just heard, which was a commercial for Crazy Charlie's electronics electronics shop of some sort which is weird because later when we go back it like is it looks like a place that's just selling records well it's um, because it's a uh an appliance store which would usually have a small record selection well uh, depending on the size of the town may have a large record selection and be the only record seller in town it, it, it's like an 80s version of an fye which also doesn't exist anymore yeah in our current yeah. year <laughs> Uh, but yeah, but right after that commercial plays, oddly enough, uh, different commercial plays for other goods and services, uh, which we will also play for you on air. Enjoy. How's that for an ad transition? Crazy Charlie's dick pills. <laughs> hey, FYE still does exist. Wait, does it? I thought they yeah. went fucking bankrupt. What in Vineland. Uh, I saw in 2015, I saw the Wonder Years in FYE in Philadelphia. I know, I know that, that FYE. Movie. I live yeah. down the street I'm... from that FYE. Yeah. I have bought records from that FYE. Well, CDs, but still. <laughs> yeah, it was right down the street from the CVS I used to have to go to when I lived <laughs> in the city. Yeah, right on Broad. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, we start with a commercial for Crazy Charlie's uh appliance store also and... i feel like every town like or every like you know like five or six town radius or somewhere had a crazy something's electronics i know we did we did growing up yeah well it's i think it was crazy funny. ted's so I'm, I'm gonna go on a, a a quick tangent here and i might fuck up the names because it's a, it's been a while since i first was made aware of this story in my first year second year college econ class uh in the tri-state area we had crazy eddies which was 
very famous locally because they had these absurd kind of commercials and shit like that. And it was also one of the biggest cases of retail fraud in like financial history just Ooh, because yeah. of how crazy this dude was. I mean, like the, the name fit. He, <laughs> he did so much to try and get away with the fucking fraud. It's it was absurd. So like he got audited. Right. And so you have like federal like IRS agent auditors auditing his fucking inventory and he would move inventory between locations like race a box truck past the fucking IRS agents. On the <laughs> Yo, that's the awesome. That's that fucking dope. awesome. It's like fucking it gets better. Run. It gets so much better. He hired a bunch of models to pretend like they worked there to try and distract the IRS agents while they're trying to do hand counts of fucking inventory. It was it was absurd. My man blew out all the stops trying to make this shit work. <laughs> That's fucking great. Phenomenal. I love this man. I'm going to find out of everything about his life now. They they probably have like a, a a not super mainstream documentary or two. Like like I said, my one econ professor was like an auditor by trade before she got um her teaching spot, and she fucking loved this story. Like this was one of the things that got her into auditing, which I was half interested in when I was in college. But it turns out in in when you dive deep, it's 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 incredibly boring profession. So I couldn't do it. I picked a different boring uh. <laughs> profession instead anyway yeah, you're you you eat spreadsheets don't you uh for the most part he excels yeah. at it yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> um <laughs> but uh uh so this commercial is airing in the home of uh beth and peggy beth being the daughter of peggy and charlie who are now split up and this fact is made immediately apparent to us because Peggy's kind of pissed at the commercial in general as she's getting dressed to go to her high school reunion. And Beth, Beth, uh, Helen Hunt's character is, is trying to, to polish a turd for Peggy here being like, it's fine. You know, Charlie's not going to show up at the, uh, reunion. So, you know, that's going to annoy him. Also your super shiny silver dress is really, uh, cool. So, you know, you're going to steal the show, so on and so forth. She's hyping her mom up, which credit to Beth for that. Good job, Helen Hunt. Yeah, there you go. Also, one of the two times she's even in the show, in the movie, rather. (laughs) So Peggy sets off and arrives at the reunion. And the opening scenes, again, is like we don't know any of the characters. We get our first introduction to a bunch of them in in kind of rapid fire. And it goes off, uh, honestly, very much like you'd expect from a reunion. Uh, people reconnecting, asking what each other have, have been up to, so on and so forth. And uh, one of the, the topics of gossip is Peggy Sue's divorce or separation. I'm not sure if it's explicitly stated or not, but but people are talking about it. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, remember, too, it's also like the, the 80s divorce and like the the hierarchy of things you can do to fuck up your life is like commit murder, vote Democrat, get divorced. <laughs> like those are the three things that are like the worst things in the world. Also um, smoke pot because smoking pot and um, injecting bleach into your veins is the same thing in the eighties. Well, but the eighties, I mean, and, and uh, please don't uh, put any stock in my understanding of history, but the 80s is where divorce became a more normal thing in american culture to a certain extent right it's where it became more normal but it was still highly stigmatized i remember uh my mother would not let me hang out with a friend because his parents were divorced yeah and i think most families had that fucking one aunt who got divorced where you're like you're still nice at thanksgiving but the rest of the family definitely talks shit about it yeah, like like nobody can love her because like she got married at 18 and got divorced and she didn't want to make it work. And like, oh, who cares if he's fucking around with 27 different people? Like you should have made it work, Carol. <laughs> Funny enough that uh, you should throw that name out there because Carol is uh, single, uh, whether divorced or not, but is an old high school friend of Peggy Sue. And Carol talks to Peggy Sue about, you know, being single. 
and I how just picked that's... a random ant name. It happens to also <laughs> be my partner's name, which is not great. I mean, everybody's got an Aunt Carol. I got an Aunt Carol. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but also Carol features pretty prominently in the very next scene as well, uh, in which Walter, uh, Jim Carrey's character, and Carol do coke or something like it in a back room. It's, I, I'm assuming it's an anesthetic or something or like some kind of a painkiller because he said it's uh, a Being a dentist is so yeah. great because you have access to pharmaceuticals. pharmaceuticals he's cutting it up great. like lines of coke, so... Yeah, yeah, I, I, mean, I think you it's can do supposed... that to pills, though. <laughs> Just general pills. Yeah, I, I think it's supposed to be coke, though, and they kind no, of don't because he, he makes a comment that after a couple of lines of that, he could uh, drill his own teeth, which makes me think it's a painkiller. It might be quaaludes. Could be quaaludes. God damn, we got to bring those back. <laughs> we got to bring back quaaludes. It's the eighties. <laughs> it's probably quaaludes. I'm, 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 I'm mostly out of the. the being middle-aged at this point mostly out of my drug phase but quaaludes was one of the things where i was like god damn i missed i missed the fucking boat on this one and it sounded like the most fun one <laughs> this is not the first time we've had this conversation i know <laughs> I, every time we bring up quaaludes i'm going to point this out because i'm still hoping hoping a listener is going to contact me and be like yo i, I got quaaludes <laughs> got a 40 year old batch of fucking quaaludes for you bud where do you want me to send this I mean, I'm sure somebody somewhere has reverse engineered quaaludes at this point. Yeah, I don't understand how that works because drug culture, like drugs usually don't go out of style like that. What's an what what is what is an analog for, for quaaludes from, from a different period of time? Is there one? I don't know. Isn't it just a sleeping pill? Uh, I honestly don't know. It's a hypnotic sedative, so yeah. It could be used as a sleeping pill. You had me at hypnotic sedative. <laughs> fucking down, dude. <laughs> but yeah, I don't I don't know why it fucking disappeared. Every every other drug is still fucking around. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, I don't get it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, listen, we can still very easily get, like, drugs that can ruin your fucking life. Like, yeah, make me a little bit sleepy and drooly. That's fine to me. Yeah, yeah. It's a shame. Uh, anyway, so, uh, <laughs> Carol comes back out to the party, and she seems fucking zooted. Peggy Sue ends up dancing with Richard, who was, they, they make it very, very clear. And this choice becomes a little bit funnier later in the film. So Richard was the nerd in school. He was literally the meme. He gets bullied in high school and then goes off and becomes a fucking billionaire. Right. And he's really lording it up at the uh, the reunion, which is kind of fucking ridiculous and mildly yeah. pathetic. But hey, good news. You can still get quaaludes in South Africa and India. Oh, hell find, yeah. I find that I rarely travel to those locations. I mean, if you ever find yourself in that neck of the woods. Yeah, I'm just going to have to start asking people for quaaludes. <laughs> well, ask them for white pipe. That's apparently what it's called. It's called white pipe? Yeah. It's a much more aggressive sounding name. <laughs> now is. I'm not so sure if I'm into it. God damn <laughs> It's all it's all about branding people. You can't you can't take something like Quaaludes. Oh, it, it's apparently called white pipe if you mix it with weed, but that is the most common way that people uh consume it there, from what I'm reading. Weird. Huh. So so instead of a woo banger, it's white pipe. White pipe. Depends what powder you're throwing into your your joint or your blunt. All right, man. Anyway. <laughs> While uh, while Peggy Sue is dancing with Richard, uh, crazy Charlie comes in 
right at this point and referred to as the appliance king which god damn could you imagine wearing a moniker like that it's the appliance just uh, king. It's like the beeper king that's yeah, like the sausage king of chicago yeah but i mean even then like what about uh, the polka it, king of chicago don't <laughs> <laughs> poke your eyes out <laughs> so also, by the way, this is funny, and it didn't occur to me that when I was watching it and taking these notes, fucking Beth is at the reunion. Yeah. yeah. She said your like, adult kids to your high school reunion. I, I what I believe she said was that she knows or is dating the guitarist in the band. Still seems odd. Anyway. Yeah, they really I mean, it doesn't seem it. like Kathleen Turner is in a very stable state of mind at the beginning of this movie. So I guess that kind of tracks. Yeah, the 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 divorce mom energy is is pretty high. We get a lot of talk about the uh the the divorced guy energy these days, but you know, it can occur on the flip side as well. It's just a little divorced less divorced mom energy is real. It's like you're you're sitting in your like uh, Lexus SUV listening to Happy by Pharrell. And it <laughs> severely decreases your ability to make good home decor choices. Yes, or, everything is going to get three times as gaudy. Yep. You, yeah, I was going to say, usually that extends to, to personal fashion choices as well. Um, yeah, like if I get a divorcee at work, I'm just like, yo, we're going right to the gaudiest section for you to just spend $8,000 on things. <laughs> you take it was like, uh, the, the, the easiest one is all the fucking like seashell art. You're at the you're at the Jersey Shore. Maybe you're visiting your summer home or some shit like that. It's like here's fucking three starfish fused together. You hang it on your wall. There you go. <laughs> I've bucks. been in so many of those houses. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Shore fucking... home decor is a fucking blight, dude. <laughs> Our hometown is lousy with them. I know. That's why I know it's a blight. If you don't live anywhere by water and you go to visit a family member who has like a shore home and you see that shit, you're like, oh shit, this is cool. It's stuff from the area. But if you live in a shore town and you see that, you're like, God damn it, man. God damn it, it's one of those houses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where your 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 identity is uh is just that I live a hundred feet from the ocean. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I mean it I, I'm I'm gonna go off on a tangent here. It's it's worse when it's like a summer home or like a fucking timeshare rental or some shit because those people make a bunch of their personality uh into where they spend the summer at so they got the fucking they got the uh the the airport sticker the airport call sign sticker on their car guaranteed guaranteed or or the, or they'll have what uh what exit number they are at like around oh, here yeah. you see like exit zero kate may <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. for for our new york listeners um You'll see the fuck out of the shore. (laughs) Well, no, you'll you'll like actually see people with bumper stickers that say like end of the line, I think, and it's Montauk, Long Island. It's 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 the same thing up there. I I I I believe it. Fucking shore town local struggles, baby. (laughs) Fucking shoobies. (laughs) Just fucking up our daily lives. Yeah, but like please come support our economy. We're slowly dying. Yeah, true. I was going to yeah. say, I'm talking a lot of shit about the kitschy shit that you guys buy and put in these places. Or the that stickers we you sell you. The cars. But that's, the, yeah, that's what our people, that's what the shore gremlins are selling to you. That's how we <laughs> buy our bread, baby. <laughs> yeah, we trawl the beaches for the dead fucking sea life, and then we sell it to the living. Yeah, yep. <laughs> we also sell these goods and services to the living as well. Oh shit, it is time for another ad break. Yeah, yeah. enjoy this ad for fucking stupid seashore decor for your fucking <laughs> that hasn't been fucking cleaned summer well rentals. Enough. It's gonna make your house smell like a fish market. <laughs> Buy a conch shell, you fucking idiot. <laughs> uh products. And a special thanks to Platt's Beach House Furnishings in Summers Summers Point, New Jersey. Uh, you now legally have to give us fifty dollars for mentioning you on our podcast. Uh, Platt's Beach House, give us money. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's an official endorsement, and that costs bucks. So, fork it over, 
but back, back to the what we're trying to do here, which you is, can buy some shitty seashell things, <laughs> yeah. which is not explicitly to just air our grievances. <laughs> Buy a, buy a fucking wooden board that says life's a beach <laughs> yeah look okay so look th- this podcast is no longer about peggy sue who got married it's it's about gaudy shore homes <laughs> oh and the and the shore people and the shitty products us local gremlins sell to them it's like fucking hermit crabs that your kids are gonna murder good luck <laughs> you know what uh a plats don't give us money i'm looking at what you have and it is the worst shit <laughs> everything here looks so cheap it's hilarious <laughs> all right so at this point in the reunion they're they're crowning the king and queen of the fucking reunion i didn't i'm not sure if that's a thing but regardless richard gets the king's crown and uh peggy sue gets called uh to be crowned queen of the reunion she gets up on stage and then has a panic attack and faints uh, which I can identify with personally. I've never been uh, uh, proclaimed queen of a reunion, but I've had plenty of what came after <laughs> for Peggy Sue. Where our experiences diverge, though, is uh, Peggy Sue wakes up in, <laughs> I was going to say, like a, a school's nurse's office, but it looks like a fucking high school infirmary. <laughs> they have a ton of fucking beds. No, uh, I think it's the gym. I'm pretty sure it's the gym. Yeah, why are all the oh, because they were fucking giving blood. It's, that yeah, it's day. a blood drive. That's right. Okay, that's why it looks like an infirmary instead of a, a just a nurse's office. There we go. But she wakes up and it's it's fucking high school, twenty some odd years prior. All of the people who were there at the reunion are uh, dressed uh, or uh, aged down, but just sort of in uh, uh, their wardrobe, right? Uh, and in some cases, haircuts. I think fucking. Um, Jim Carrey's haircut is mildly changed or at least combed differently. Um, So Peggy Sue actually acclimates incredibly well, given the fact that she just time jumped, but she gets dropped off back at home by her friends. And it isn't until she gets up into her high school bedroom where she's like, what is going on? Basically. But this moment is interrupted by the entrance. Oh, you of- totally miss Nick Cage being all weird as a vampire. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was. I yeah, was- you gotta, you gotta at least mention that he totally pulls a fucking fake Nosferatu and he does the the arms up like a dinosaur. He does and suckers are twinky and, and makes some comments at the nurse. I'm sorry. This this was the scene where I realized I was watching a time travel movie. I had no concept going. I didn't even read the fucking. Uh, like two sentence tagline shit going into this. So I was like, oh, it's a fucking time travel movie. So I was still getting my bearings at this point in the notes. But yes, she wakes up to high school age Nick Cage doing a vampire bit, which again makes sense in the context of them being at a blood drive. So as, as Peggy's sort of grappling with the reality that she is now back in time, uh, her little sister comes into the room and she's sort of overcome with emotion. Now, I thought I remember thinking at this point in time that like did her was did had her sister passed away in the present day? Because Dude, I have her, no idea. I think it, so. I think that's I never true. mentioned it from what I could tell. Her reaction was so over the top when she saw her little sister that I was like, oh, they're going to come back to this at some point. Uh, but they don't. So I don't know, but it the... might have been a plot thread lost in editing. Yeah, yeah, it, that's that, that's what I thought, because I was waiting. I was the same thing with you, Josh. I was kind of waiting for it and it never happened. But they hammed it up enough, at least where I'm like, oh, they she dies at some point. Yeah, cool. it was it was it was played like that Um, in this initial them running uh, into each other uh, thing. So so Peggy and her sister, Nancy are watching a variety show on TV. <laughs> Fucking Peggy goes uh, straight to the parents' liquor cabinet, which is really just a bottle of, of whiskey or bourbon on like a bookshelf next to a, a crystal rocks glass, which... Fucking props to Peggy Sue's dad, man. That's a real one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not dissimilar to my whiskey cap. Well, liquor cabinet. The only thing it's, there is whiskey. 
You, but like it's not even that. It's like a fucking regular bookshelf just that just has a liquor bottle and a glass next to it. Like it's like fucking Hemingway's liquor cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there had to, there'd have to be a bottle of absinthe and champagne for it to be a Hemingway. That's that's he loved that nasty drink. <laughs> yeah, Hem- <laughs> Hemingway did require a couple of more bottles there, but still. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also, my my thing is is that like. In a time travel movie, most of the time, at this point, the main character understands that, like, shit, I don't know how, but I traveled back in time. So what do I do to be in to be like inconspicuous? Not her, not this character. She's just like, I'm 18, fuck it. I'm gonna drink my dad's liquor. And I kind of like that about this movie, though. She's like, I don't give a shit. I'm probably in the middle of my death dream. (laughs) That's 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 another thing that didn't strike me until later. Fucking Peggy Sue's approach to this shit is I'm not here for a long time. I'm here for a good time. Yeah. Like and it kind ass- of rolls. Yeah. Assuming a break to the loop is coming <laughs> up or she's already fucking dead. She just fucking goes for it, which does make for an entertaining story. I'm not going to yeah. lie. So starting, of course, with just fucking hitting up dad's uh, bookshelf whiskey bottle. man. like... <laughs> She 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 pours enough for like a quick shot and then pours a much larger glass and fucking chugs it. So unfortunately, right on time, Peggy Sue's dad gets home from work, calls the family out to see what he got, which is an excuse me, a new car. I might have missed a, a like cultural reference on this, but she's laughing at the car like, like it's the Yugo or some shit. Did, did either of you like know if that car is a lemon like? a notoriously shitty the, make and the, model. the name didn't ring a bell when they brought it up yeah i if there is something i'm unaware of it like it's not like the ford pinto level i yeah, guess yeah because there, there's some other like weird little uh time anachronism stuff that they play with in the writing process like she tells her sister not to eat the red m&ms which in the 80s were thought to have red dye number two which was shown to create tumors in rats has since been disproven since they never used red dye number two in red m&ms but like that kind of stuff keeps uh, cropping up i uh, thought it might have been one of those it, it, i was it, wondering it is what actually so i looked it up real quick so peggy's dad brings home a new edsel which is a 1958 model in the april 1960 settings of the movie uh there was a 1960s edsel but its production was phased out by Ford Motor Company in November 1959 after only 2,846 of the 1960 models were built. So not just an anachronism, an actually incorrect anachronism uh, based on the model, which didn't exist, sort of. Mm, mm-hmm. Anyway, but yeah, that is the joke. It's 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 a car that was around for 2,000 units worth of production. That is pretty funny. Yeah. But yeah, no, I'm I, glad, with, glad we got a uh, confirmation on that. <laughs> with the M&M joke, um, I figured it was something. I figured it was going to be something more along the lines of, like, remember in grade school? The green remember, M&Ms. Well, were you was ever told not to drink Mountain Dew because it yeah. had, like, yellow 40 and yellow, that'll make you yeah, gay? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, no, it was always it was supposed to like fucking make you impotent or something like that. Like, kill well, your sperm yeah, but but shit. also, yes, like, yes, I do remember the uh, it I'm lowers talking, your sperm count. Right, I'm talking like 1996, a bunch of nine year olds uh, that turned into it'll just make you gay because they didn't know what sperm was. Well, yeah, but also when we were coming up in grade school, everything made you gay. I got called gay for eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and I do not. I mean, was it strawberry jelly? It probably was, but that's also pretty, that's pretty <laughs> sauce, man. That's pretty sauce. I've known I've known a bunch of gay people. They're they're not known for their love of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> Cucumber sandwich, I could maybe see. That's that's like a fancy brunch. Those sandwich, are so good though. They they are really good. I make a mean cucumber sandwich, man. Cucumber sandwich with some tea on the side. Ooh, that's a lunch, baby. It's it's all about the spread. You got to get the right combination of uh, mayonnaise and cream cheese, believe it or not. No, okay. The cream cheese, yes, but the dahlia onion sauce is where it's at. So what I do is I, ch- I dice up some raw red onion, fresh dill, and uh, lemon juice. And you mix that shit up. 
put that on bread. The cucumbers, you also have to prepare them right. You got to salt them to draw out some of the moisture so you don't end up with a soggy sandwich. But hell yeah, no. A cucumber sandwich is done right. If you haven't tried it before, worth it. Damn fine sandwich. Wait, now, when Absolutely. you were called gay for the PB and jelly, um, was there any cock on that? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a PB and C and J. <laughs> that was Elvis's favorite sandwich, right? Well, the well, yeah, but the C stood for oxycodone so yeah. <laughs> uh where were we new car right new car new car, a... new, new car. <laughs> she's laughing about it half drunk yeah so like new fucking, car. peggy sue calls out like she laughs about the car because she knows uh the history of it and uh her dad fucking clocks her immediately he's like you're drunk young lady and she's like i don't know maybe a little and then runs back inside and openly pours another glass of whiskey. And so her dad is is irate. But her mom is like, no, they gave blood today. She's just a little fucking loopy. And she goes and tucks her into bed. And Peggy Sue wakes up the uh, the next morning and sort of accepts the whole time travel thing. So now she's... if this were really the 60s, now I'll give her credit for thinking maybe this wasn't real because this was really the 60s. Um, he would have beat both of them with a belt. Like, let's just be honest here. This is PG 13. Like, I I, I <laughs> we were saying in a part that's that's likely to get cut, but we're gonna dive into it anyway. Is that Peggy Sue's approach to being in a time travel situation kind of makes for a good story. Because she she approaches it with absolutely an I don't give a fuck attitude. Yeah. But we also mentioned it could have gotten so much darker than it did. It was PG-13. But uh, I, I agree with your assessment on how that would have actually fucking played out. <clears throat> Although that being said, the household actually does prove itself to be kind of liberal given the standards of the time. Well, I mean, it, except for the the mom was like, oh, yeah, that's a pollster. I'm thinking about voting Democrat. Don't tell your father. You know how he feels well, about that. Well, that's her excuse because she's <laughs> selling off her jewelry. Oh, she was just yeah. tr trying to give uh, Kathleen Turner an excuse so that it wouldn't be like, oh, we're on tough, uh, you know, financial times. Mm. But yeah, I also I just I, I don't necessarily mean liberal in a political sense. I mean, just a little bit looser than. Yeah you would expect households like that because they happily wave her off to go out to a late night party, like fucking house party. Anyway. So uh, like Peggy Sue is, is uh, really nice and energetic and happy during breakfast. Although rich to your point, she's like, mom, sit down and eat with us. And the mom is like, oh, you want me to sit down? <laughs> like fucking shocked. <laughs> So you're on to something there for sure. But breakfast is interrupted by Charlie coming to pick her up to take her to school. So uh, Charlie continues a conversation that Peggy, of course, doesn't remember because it was 20 some odd years ago about how they talked about maybe seeing other people. And Charlie has all fucking plotted out. He's like, yeah, you know, after prom, we should see some other people, you know, just to make sure we're sure. And then after graduation, uh, when we've comparison shopped, we should settle down and get married. And Peggy Sue's like, why wait? And he's like, because fucking prom, dude. Like, let's let's do prom, graduate, and then we shop around and then we get married. And Peggy Sue's like, why? We should probably just break up, which throws Charlie for a bit of a loop. Uh, but Peg Peggy Sue is fucking laser locked in on this second chance at high school. And she is not playing it subtle or slow at all. It's, it's it's kind of interesting right so the funniest thing is what what fucking song are they singing because i i was gonna say it was the national anthem but i'm positive it wasn't no the national anthem. it was not the national anthem i forget what fucking song it is i remember having to fucking sing this shit in grade school but she's belting it belting it she's she is all in dude to the point that like the rest of the students are like what the fuck <laughs> Uh, it's on. uh my country tis of thee oh, oh okay. yeah okay <laughs> yeah she's she's going so hard on this and every other student is giving her the side eye just like any of us who were in school and had to sing patriotic songs i guess uh during the normal course of schooling would side eye anybody doing anything with that level of enthusiasm pretty funny though unfortunately 
to dash her good mood right after this. She has to sit through a good old fashioned high school algebra test, which she whiffs. She's just doodling. And the teacher, when he goes to collect her paper, calls her out on it. And he's like, what is this? And she's like, well, listen, I've been to the future and nobody fucking uses algebra. (laughs) (laughs) The rest of the kids, of course, love it. uh, But the teacher is kind of (laughs) miffed. The funniest thing is just just thinking back to high school, like all of us said shit like that. But I can't recall a time anybody said it directly to a teacher. Do you guys got any any anything like that? Yeah, I I remember this about math and shit. But did any of you guys have one of those fucking crazy kids? Who... Um, I mean, I told I don't to remember fuck off and die once. School. That's neat. That's really cool. I love that for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's really all I did, though. I was right, not. So... I was not great in high yeah, school. Yeah, I did not have a good time in high school, so I kind of block all that shit out. <laughs> Telling a teacher to fuck off and die is consistent with my experience in public school, but a bulk of my high school uh, experience was at a a, like a fucking private Christian school, which my my parents thought would instill good values in me, but it just instilled a sense of rebellion and a lack of basic STEM knowledge. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I, I also went to one of those schools, but I do have a great side story about uh, one of my favorite things that happened at, at, at this school, there was a final for Spanish class. I think it was the second year of Spanish. I can't remember. Uh, but me and a buddy of mine uh, were terrible at it and hated the class. And neither of us studied. Neither of us were good at any of this shit. And so going into this final, we both knew we were fucked. And so I remember saying to him before we went in, I was like, I, I have no idea what we're going to do. I'm going to try and cheat hard body (laughs) and see if I can scrape by and not fucking take a failure because that's not going to go over well at home and my buddy's like I I have a different idea so we get into class and I'm I'm looking at him because he did not elaborate and I'm also trying to find somebody smart enough around me that I could cheat off of Uh, but I keep getting distracted by him because he got his test it's sitting in front of him he hasn't done anything with it and he's staring really intently at the paper and then He looks up, and as soon as the teacher turns her back so that he's out of sight, he punches himself in the face so fucking hard. Like, I haven't even seen in movies or shows something like this done with this level of violence. Like, the the first thing that pops to mind is the the beat the shit out of himself scene from Fight Club. Like, you can tell that that was theatrical. I watched a person actually hit themselves in the face as hard as they fucking could. And it was brutal, brutal. And he like, he hit himself in the face, his head fucking whips back. And then he puts his head down on his desk. And I don't know what happened. Like, I don't see motion. I'm also trying to not look like I'm looking at somebody else's fucking (laughs) test. And so I'm stealing glances over until I notice a bunch of furtive movement from him i'm like okay so he didn't knock himself out i don't even know if that's possible but it was a concern of mine at the time but i i see him doing something and then he sits up to his full height there is blood all over the bottom half of his face and on his hand which he sticks in the air and he's like teacher i got a nosebleed (laughs) and then he holds up his exam every single page front and back is completely covered in blood and she she sends him to the nurse, but also because this is a shitty private school, something went wrong with the fucking printers. They had no additional tests. It's like the last fucking day of school. So God they damn. had to give him some sort of like basic rote, like you pass, but you did pass well exam score. So he fucking got off scot-free. God damn. It what was a legend. A, it, it literally was a story in this small of a school. I had people like years later that I ran into well outside of high school. It was like, yo, do you remember that story about in, in school about how some kid got out of a fucking final by punching himself in the face super hard and then rubbing blood on every page of the exam? I was like, I, I do remember that. The stories are all true. <laughs> Sick. Anyway, anyway. Nick Cage. 
Yeah, sorry. But also, also, anyway, uh, we ran out of time talking about cucumber sandwiches. Does peanut butter and jelly make you gay? And nosebleeds. <laughs> one, of our, one of our more wild sidetrack episodes, but I promise the rest of the storytelling will go very smoothly in our next episode. In the meantime, uh, go ahead and give us a follow on social media. We're on Twitter at cagefight underscore pod. Tell us about uh, time one of your friends did something stupid to get out of a high school final exam. I'd love that. Patreon.com slash Nick Cage fight for $3 a month. You get every episode without commercials. Uh, we take those out for you uh, by some sort of uh, commercial laser vacuum. beam. Oh, it's a vacuum. It's a vacuum. Cool. It's yeah. Uh, it's pretty cool. Actually. I have it in the, I, I have it in the side of my house. You can't really see it because it's so big. Because it just for sucks 50 up bucks all that a month, money. We'll send you a video of us punching ourselves in the face as hard as we can. <laughs> no, I got to go like two hundo for that. I got a weak nose. <laughs> I'll end up breaking something. <laughs> all right. That's a fake tear. We'll we'll work out the details. We'll get back to you, listener, on that one. I am not lying. Send me $200. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> I am very poor. I work in sales. I'm very poor. I work in service. <laughs> Josh is like, I'm all right. I work in spreadsheets. Yeah, I don't don't want to talk about it. It's a different kind of hell. So, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, that'll do it for us for this episode. But definitely tune in next time. I promise we're going to wrap up this weird high school time traveling film um, with maybe half the amount of sidetracks. I I can't promise none. No, you can never promise none. No, of course not. That's what the people want to hear. They want to hear some nonsense sprinkled in with a movie uh, plotline that they're they're never going to sit down and watch. Unless we explicitly tell them to, because I'm assuming they take our uh, opinions on that very, very seriously. So, yeah, that's it for us now. Um, As always, listeners, we appreciate you.